ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from Grant Wells also. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now, news coming out of Conference USA today. News out of Conference USA. Judy McLeod announcing that Trey Stallings has been named Associate Commissioner for the league. In this role, he's going to be responsible for managing all of the league's operations for football. You're seeing this happen more and more. Stallings comes to Conference USA following two years at the NCAA office where he served as Assistant Director of Enforcement. In that role, he worked closely with FBS conferences and institutions, utilizing his knowledge, this is the press release, utilizing his knowledge of football and NCAA legislation to effectively monitor and enforce rules compliance. He provided assistance and education to football coaching staff members in NCAA rules compliance and worked with sports entities such as the NFL, the NFLPA, apparel companies, and college football all-star games. So he's got a background. He can actually do some things that maybe the conference office needs. You're seeing this happen more and more. This position is becoming more relevant in conferences. You should have someone whose sole purpose is to take care of football operations because football is the biggest sport in each conference office. Basketball, the second biggest sport I would say you might want to look at somebody who can handle that as well. But still, if you have somebody who's running football operations day-to-day, commissioner can focus on other things. You know, Managing the overall conference while you have someone who's your point person for football that can handle all of that detail work. Maybe this is a, a step in the right direction for Conference USA. Whatever the case may be, you have someone now who is responsible for all of the league's operations in football. And it is definitely something that this conference could use. Now, we get back to action starting tomorrow. UAB at Miami, 7 o'clock game, ACC Network. And then on Saturday, four Conference USA games. Charlotte's going to be at Appalachian State. That is going to be followed by UTSA at Texas State. Western Kentucky going to be at Louisville. And UTEP is going to be at 14th-ranked Texas. And, of course, watching that Charlotte-Appalachian State game is going to be of a lot of interest to Herd fans. I'm sure that's the game you're going to lock in on, get a a sort of a preview of what Appalachian State's all about. Also, you'll see what Charlotte looks like. As Again, Charlotte, as the schedule stands, the last opponent for the Thundering Herd on November 21st, unless there's going to be some rearranging of the schedule. Again, uh, we're not sure if that Rice game is going to happen. We're not sure if there's going to be a makeup game for some of the other teams, specifically East Carolina. We don't know if some of these games are going to drop off or be rescheduled as well because you've got road games on October 10th and October 17th. Uh, Louisiana Tech, you know, that might be cutting it close. I'm serious. That could be cutting it close because, again, Louisiana Tech, if you haven't been following – Uh, They're having some issues as well. So you might see some of these open dates all of a sudden become football game dates, and you might see some of these football dates become open. 
it just could be how the schedule gets reworked. So that all is still in flux. All I know is Charlotte Appalachian State, that game happens on ESPN2 this Saturday, and that's going to be a game that I keep an eye on. I'll be watching that as well as you, and then we'll talk about it next week as we've got Marshall and Appalachian State, September 19th, 1.30 p.m. The game going to be on CBS Sports Network. Still don't know uh, what's happening with Rice, so don't even want to hazard a, a network guest there. Three-plus, depending on what the college football landscape looks like, maybe that game gets bumped up. I don't know. If it happens. If it happens, which I, I don't feel good about. And I don't feel good about, uh, really, this schedule staying locked. Uh, I figure someone is going to drop off. I mean, maybe Louisiana Tech. you know, Maybe Middle Tennessee drops. Maybe Charlotte. I don't know. But we take it one game at a time. And, of course, that's all we can do. When we come back from break, I want to hear from Grant Wells. He was on Zoom with us the other day. On Labor Day, we had a chance to catch up with him. And now, normally, uh, I would have a lot of this stuff for you on our game day for Saturday. But uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to hear all of it. That's right. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you all. I'm not going to select and choose what I think is best for you to hear. I'm going to give it all to you when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wednesday, September 9th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We don't have a game to get ready for this week, so we're sort of just recapping what happened. Marshall defeating EKU 59 to nothing. So now we sit, we wait, we prepare, we hope that Marshall can maintain all of that energy, all that momentum when the Thundering Herd takes on Appalachian State September 19th at 1.30 p.m. We'll have that broadcast for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. So what do we do? Well, we can talk to the players, kind of get where they're feeling, sort of recap what happened, and we did that with Grant Wells. Now, again, it's a completely different way we do this now. We get on Zoom conference calls, and we – we get with these kids. Uh, they are safe away from us because as journalists, we're not in these protocols. This isn't like the NBA bubble. This isn't like the NHL bubble. You know, We're not embedded with these student-athletes, and we are not in the protocol. We're not getting tested, so they don't know if we've got corona or not, and they're not taking a chance. And actually, I think it works out well because these kids are used to this stuff. I mean, this isn't new to them. These kids are on TikTok. These kids are on social media. They grew up probably on Snapchat and a few other video sharing services. And, of course, as I mentioned, TikTok's the biggest one right now. And this is no um, this is no difficulty for them. This is a pretty easy task. They sit down. They turn the monitor on. Here we go. And uh, Grant Wells made an impression. Let's, uh, let's focus on Grant. He made a real serious impression. A lot of people were talking about him. A lot of people were joking. Hey, you know. Okay, let me re-walk, let me walk that one back. Maybe they're not joking. I mean, one game, and I'm hearing, "Hey, Heisman." Okay, let's see what he does first. Let's not put that pressure on him just yet. He's got a few more games to go before uh, you know. You, it's fun though. It, it really is. It's fun to talk about that stuff, and he's getting a lot of attention. And uh, I got a chance to talk to him 
first before uh, you know everyone else uh, started asking questions. So I, I kind of led off with you know, asking him about how that go, and then I jump into the notoriety he's getting and all the attention, and uh, that's where we start. We've got Grant Wells. Uh, this is him talking to the media, and that's my first question, basically just asking him, hey, you know, uh, that went pretty well. That, that pretty much went the way you planned it, right? Did it go the way you expected? I mean, did you plan it that way? <laughs> um, I don't know if, if it went quite the way I expected, but, you know, I knew um, our guys were ready to play. I knew, uh, you know, just we were going to go out there and do what we needed to do uh, just by the way, you know, the locker room felt before the game. These guys were ready to go out and, and play for the first time in what seemed like forever. How are you enjoying all the hype after one game? You know, everyone's talking about you now. And uh, I know that has to make you feel pretty good that, uh, you know, already you made an impression. It does, um, you know, a little bit. But I try to put my phone away a little bit, try to ignore it just a little bit because, you know, we got nine or ten or so games left. You know, it's only one game. Um, so try not to let that affect me too much. But, you know, it is pretty good to see. When you look at a game like this, how uh, how do you go about following up a performance like this? Go back to work. Um, you know, I know it sounds weird to say coming off, you know, the high that we are on right now. Um, but, you know, we just get back to how, you know, the feeling we, we had before this game. Uh, and that's just go back to work. You know, we're going to start uh, preparing for App State today, right after this. Um, so, you know, try to learn from your mistakes from the last game and, um, you know, get back to work starting as soon as possible. You mentioned learn from your mistakes from your last game. What, what did you learn about yourself after your debut? Um, you know, I just started, uh, you know, like I said, I felt comfortable back there. Um, but, uh, you know, just I felt that I, uh, you know, didn't get too high, didn't get too low during that game, which was something I, I felt that I needed to do, you know, make an emphasis of going into my first game, you know, because there were a lot of emotions. I, I felt, um, you know, so keep that going. You know, like I said, uh, you know, just trusting my teammates is, is such a huge thing for me. And I felt that I did that very well. What advice were you Graham, giving? What a, oh. I was just saying, what advice were you given before your first career start? And who gave it to you? Um, you know, I, I talked a lot of lot with the offensive line, uh, you know, because I had to lean on them because, you know, just their the maturity. Uh, and they just they just kept back kept going back and saying just play the same ball I've played all through camp and all through uh, you know last year in practice. Um, you know they were they were confident in in my my game, so you know they just really just said play the best ball I could play and and they were gonna um, you know do their job. Grant, so many different numbers out there. Um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, for you all to to be proud of. What are you the most proud of from Saturday's performance? Um, you know, one stat that stood out was, you know, just how many different receivers got, got a touch. Um, that was something that really stood out to me and, and really, um, you know, was very impressive. You know, that's one thing about this offense. You know, I've said this before. I don't care who's out there with me. Every, every receiver is going to make a play for me. Um, and that's one thing that is, is huge going into each game, knowing that um, it doesn't really matter. Who, who's out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my reads and all the receivers are going to make the plays. And that's, that's so hard for defenses to, uh, you know, scheme against because, uh, you know, one receiver is not targeted more than another. It seemed like the, uh, the roommate connection there was pretty strong between you and Brock. You know, did, 
pretty good. You guys were on the, the same wavelength pretty much the entire game there as long as you were in. Did you, did you feel like that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I knew I could lean on Brock, um, you know, when, when I, you know, wasn't sure on a read or, or something like that. You know, I, I knew I could go to 13 and he was going to make a play for me. So that was huge. Um, and it showed during the game. And again, kind of just piggybacking yeah. off that, 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 that wide receivers room is just so deep. You do have guys that you can kind of rely on to go and make you make a catch or make a big play down the field when you need them to. Yeah. Um, you know, our receiver room is, is one of the more mature rooms we have in, in, in the offense, um, you know, and, you know, they, 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 they work off each other. Um, you know, they talk, I see them in practice all the time talking, uh, trying to fix each other. And that's, that's huge when, you know, the leaders in that room step up and, you know, teach the young guys like uh, Shadid and Jerron, you know, how, how things go. And, you know, that's huge. You mentioned that you've kind of done your best to set your side, you know, set aside your phone and kind of block out some of this noise. How much, you know, have you gotten to watch those highlights of yourself on ESPN since that game? Um, you know, I, I watched a little bit on Saturday, um, you know, before I, before, you know, I got kind of tired of it, honestly. Uh, you know, like I said, I tried to put it away, tried not to get to my head too much. Um, and I, it's been pretty hard, but, you know, I've, I've, I've debated on deleting Twitter for a second. Um, <laughs> you know, just because it's gone too, uh, gotten too much. And when you got a possible nationally ranked team coming to town next, that's a pretty quick wake up call. And then you're grounded, as we know, that just to think that, okay, it's gone. Let's just focus on App State now. Yeah. Um, you know, the preparation is going to start right after this. We're going to go into meetings and, and you know, bang out this uh, film we, uh, we just played and then, and then right on to App State. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a great team coming in here, and we all know that. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, we have this week off, so we're going to be able to start prepping for them a little earlier than normal. You look back to a couple of the catches that X made. Uh, you know, the touchdown catch, obviously you put that ball right where it needed to be, and he was able to snag it. But the one that took you over 300 yards on the sideline, the back shoulder, what? I mean, have you seen the film of that so far and just been like, you know, man, this thing clicked on Saturday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just shows how in sync we were as an offense. Um, that ball wasn't supposed to be placed right there. Um, but me and X were on the same page. Um, it seemed like the whole game, uh, we like we were just thinking about the same thing. Um, and that, that just shows the whole offense, how in sync we are and how, how prepared we were going into this game. Go ahead, go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, how about um, the play calling? I know we spoke earlier on, in practice, you know, Coach Ramsey mentioned to us that he was going to put you in a lot of uncomfortable situations to make you comfortable. Was there anything that was out of the ordinary or was it really followed script pretty much the whole game? No, that's one thing that, you know, made me feel a lot more comfortable was, you know, I've seen just about every look or seen every look that, you know, they threw out there. Um, you know, we are very prepared and, you know, that's one thing that, is huge uh, as an offensive standpoint, just being ready for every look they can possibly give you. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was really big, especially for my first start, you know, feeling really comfortable, um, you know, for every look they, they gave at me. Grant, do you know Appy State's head coach, Sean Clark? Um, I don't know him, but yeah, I, I've heard he, he went to GW. I, I talked to Coach Edwards and he, <laughs> he knew him very well. I figured, I figured you did. Mm -hmm. Grant, you, you mentioned you know you, you're starting that process of preparation on App State uh, tomorrow right or today right after this. 
But uh, does this at all kill momentum to know you're not playing again this Saturday coming off of such a high offensive output? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say it kills the momentum. Um, you know, it just gives more preparation for a great team coming in here in two weeks. So I don't, I don't think anybody looks at it as, as a negative that we're not playing this week. Uh, we sure would like to. Um, you know, with everything going on in 2020, you know, we're prepared for everything, playing or not playing. So I wouldn't say it's a negative, but, you know, it just gives us more time to prepare. More time to prepare. Appalachian State coming into Jones C. Edwards Stadium on September 19th, 1.30 p.m. We'll have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. When we come back from break, we're going to hear from Sheldon Evans. Same format. Give you sort of a, a sneak peek. A sort of a, a, We're going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Probably the best way to say that. We're going to give you an idea of what it sounds like when we talk to these guys. You usually don't get to hear stuff like that. But here is um, sort of an example of what our, our new normal sounds like. And we've got Sheldon Evans when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite at 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We've got a busy night tonight. Eastern Conference semifinals. Game six, the Raptors taking on the Boston Celtics. That is set for a 6.30 p.m. tip. Boston leads that series three games to two. Western Conference semifinals tonight. Game four, the L.A. Clippers taking on the Denver Nuggets. Clippers lead that series two games to one. That is set for 9 o'clock this evening. Stanley Cup playoffs, Eastern Conference final, game two. New York Islanders, can they bounce back after getting clobbered by the Tampa Bay Lightning? In Game 1, they lost 8-2. to two. It was ugly. That is coming up tonight, 8 o'clock. And of course, uh, we're going to have that game for you on our sister station, Cat Sports, 93-3 and 1340. We've got Pirates baseball coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Pirates last night, walk-off. Always the bottom ninth walk-off. It's always fun. You always love it. It If there was a crowd, they'd be excited. The uh, Pirates uh, had a pretty exciting game last night with the White Sox, and uh, I'm looking forward to more of that coming up tonight. And again, uh, maybe we'll get some more of the same. That is uh, what we've got scheduled for you tonight right here. And then, of course, on Thursday, the return of the NFL and, of course, Thursday night football. And that means the return of fantasy football as well for a lot of you. Drafts already being held. Some drafts being held tonight. I'm doing one. I'm doing one fantasy football league. It's a free one. It's a Yahoo. I'm doing that. I'm probably not going to put any effort into it. It's like, okay, you know what? I'll do it. Fine. And then I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm, I want the full-time job. Because when it's fantasy hockey season, I, I run my team like it is a full-time job. Every single night. So uh, fantasy football, that's back for a lot of you, and I'm sure uh, that's going to really put you in a happy place as long as the NFL season can last. Of course, hey, player gets sick, gets uh, gets temporarily quarantined. You know, that's going to really that, – see, that's the challenge now. That's the real challenge is, okay, you draft a team, and then will that team be the same team you have 
uh, after week one or week two. Reason? COVID-19. Quarantine. Exposure. Yeah, that's going to be the challenge right there. So good luck with fantasy football. We've got football for you, though. It's coming back Thursday. NFL action right here on ESPN 94.1. And, of course, AM 930. We've got, as promised now, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to listen in uh, our conversation with Sheldon Evans. And uh, Sheldon, of course, uh, one of the uh, standouts that you'd expect to get a lot of carries this year for the Thundering Herds. So uh, this is uh, Sheldon as well. We talked to him uh, during his Zoom media availability. And uh, just to get things started, kind of want to get an impression from him about how that game looked as far as his perspective was concerned. If you would, just uh, talk a little bit about uh, your performance and how you saw the game on Saturday. Uh I mean, I just took, took, took what the defense gave us, you know, uh, shoot, Grant threw the ball around a lot. So, shoot, that, that opened up a lot for us in the back. So, that was a good, good that Grant, you know, opening up, got it to different receivers to help us out. Speaking of Grant, he got a few yards on the ground as well. You guys worried in the, in the room that he's maybe going to take some of your carries? Oh, shoot, I, I, I'll be okay with that to take, take some of the load off of us. He can do his thing. Well, so you – you knew coming into this game that EKU was going to try and load up against the run, and Grant being able to make those throws early in the game, those you know, 12 to 15, those intermediate throws, a lot of times in the past it was either a short route or, or a deep ball. You know, Those intermediate throws, how much do those loosen up linebackers and really help your all's rushing attack? Like you said, we, we, we knew they would load up the box, you know, with you know, what, what Knox was able to do last year and what, you know, what we were able to do last year with the running game. So, shoot, Grant coming out, you know, making those big throws, it really helped, you know, loosen up the defense and, you know, help that running attack. You look at it, rookie quarterback, uh, you know, maybe not rookie, but making his first career start, you would think maybe he'd you know, rely on the run a little bit more, and then he comes out there and he's throwing like he's done this many times. Were you kind of surprised watching him just dissect that defense for these? Uh, I'm not saying surprised. You know, I've I, I seen it in practice, you know, like – glimpse of, you know, him just throwing the ball on the diamond. You know, we all knew he had a good arm. You know, he just had to come out and show what, you know, what he can do in front of that big stage. And, you know, he did. But that, that game plan, was that balanced? Was it focused? Was it, okay, hey, guys, he's in his first start. He may have to rely on the running backs a little bit more because he's never been in this situation? I mean, we just came in with our game plan. We knew what we were able to do. You know, we knew all the, you know, hard work we had put in this offseason. So, we knew if we just come out and execute it, like what we did, it, you know, we wouldn't be stopped. So, I was... but uh, but to have the amount of success you've had in a game like this as an opener, I mean, have you ever been a part of anything uh, a route like that before? I mean, what was it like being out there? Uh, you know, it felt good just being able to do what we want to do. You know, we controlling uh controlling the game, and you know, that's just that's what we did. We just wanted to you know do what we do best and control you know. Us and that's that's what we did. Sheldon, you were maybe yep. captain coming into this. Uh, you know, Doc obviously says that uh, you're one of the more respected guys. You're a great leader on the team. How important has this last year been for you developing on and off the field, and and you know where you fit in the locker room? Um, I just I watched a lot of film this off season. You know, since we were able to you know do this quarantine thing, but uh, I just watched and, and just tried to learn like see what all the, the, the bad things that were going on. Not, that, not sort of like bad things, but stuff that we can tweak and fix. Because, you know, we knew we had the team, you know, to do it last year. We just came up short. But, you know, I just wanted to come in this season, just, you know, be that leader, be that, be that voice to, you know, 
just let everybody know that, you know, shoot, we only can beat us, and, you know, we control us. And as long as we do that, you know, the sky's the limit. And you've taken the off the field stuff very seriously, quarantining, don't go out, don't put yourself in dangerous positions. And you've, you've really made sure that everybody on the team is, knows that too. You guys want to play. Yeah. I mean, shoot. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just feel like, you know, this is more important. You know what I'm saying? This is more important. You know, other people are not able to, you know, have a season play. So just us being blessed with, you know, having that season, you know, we just got to really take it, like take it serious and, and, and do the right things to, you know, I know it's hard, you know what I mean, but we just got to do the right things. How did it feel to have the so, guys behind you pretty much just uh, do just as well as you and Brendan did? Excuse me, what'd you say? How did it feel to have, you know, guys like Knowledge and uh, Papillon come in and play just as well as you guys did? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I knew I knew what those guys, uh, guys are capable of and, you know, they showed it in practice and, and just like with Grant, they just had to come out and, you know, show it. What, what, the, what the work we have just been putting in this offseason, just come out and show it on the, on the big stage. And, and those guys did. Doc always you, know, said, you look at a guy like Knowledge, and, and he's trying to, uh, you know, make a name in the carries that he's got. And you talked to us about that earlier in practice, you know, making the most of every single situation. Whenever you see a guy like Knowledge get in that situation and shine, what, what does that do for the whole team, just from a mental standpoint? I mean, it just take off a leaf of, you know, of, of everybody because, you know, it's not like a, it's not going to be like a drop off if like Mir Knox are, is not in the game, you know, it's like everybody can do it. And so that's, that's the big, you know, thing about, you know, having those guys that can come in and just back us up and it's not really a, a drop off. I know that you all look at, at you know, every back's got his own style, his own, uh, you know, uniqueness whenever he hits the field. What what do you feel in, in looking at film of your all's running back from? What do you feel like knowledge of strength are? Uh, I mean, just in his last game, shoot, he he showed you the the, the power and the shoot the the acceleration, you know, and and the cuts, you know, getting up field. So, you know, I mean, he showed me a little glimpse of everything. To have this bye week come now, just so, just so early in the season, I mean. Obviously, you'll have your time dressed up and stuff, but but in a time where you know you're so week to week and everything's uncertain, I guess do you look at the buys maybe a negative thing at all? Um, no, I I really don't look at it a negative thing. I think it's a it's an advantage. You know, I'm saying we get extra extra week of work, extra week of preparation, extra week a uh, week of film. You know, just to you know get ahead on these guys, and and I think that's that's a great thing. And and I know I know my teammates are, are taking this thing serious. We're not you know, worried about, you know, going out or doing doing anything else. And as long as we're we men able to play ball, I I think we'll be fine. So how do you all keep from getting complacent? Uh, complacent. You look at last week, 59 to nothing, offense shine, defense shine, 280-plus yards rushing, 340-some yards passing. Like, everything worked. You know you got an opponent coming in here in a couple of weeks that – uh, could be nationally ranked when they come into the zone. How do you all keep hungry and keep that drive and not look back at Saturday success too much? I mean, that that that, that game is behind us now, so you know this is we got the next step. And so, like you say, can't get complacent. I mean, shoot, that was a heck of a game that we that we played, but now it's on to you know, uh, like you say, it's a good team that's coming in. So now we got to prepare, just like we're you know preparing. This offseason, come in, stay hungry, you know, same drive, 
And that's, you know, I know that's what me and my teammates are going to do and come out and play a good game. Every bowl game, Doc, uh, says you have the rest of your life to screw around. This is important. Let's do this. Has he said that a lot this fall, thinking, knowing that the next game might not happen? And are you treating it like kind of like every every game is like a bowl game week where it might be your last of the season? That would yeah, really makes your attention to detail. Just like I say, I tell the guys, too. I, I tell all the guys there, too. You know, uh, shoot, that, that party and stuff is going to be there. You know, shoot, you know, we only get this certain many opportunities. We only got nine opportunities right now. So we really got to take advantage of it. And then we don't even know if those are, those nine opportunities are going to still be there on the table. So we got to just take step by step, game by game. We got to take it, you know, for granted and, and really cherish those, you know, those moments because, you know, it, it can be taken away quick. Shell Nevins talking to the media. We'll have more of those uh, audio experiences for you throughout the week and, of course, uh, throughout the rest of the football season as uh, that's going to be the new way we do things. Uh, we're all going to get together on Zoom and have uh, these little conversations. When we continue, we will wrap it up with you and get your phone calls in. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. That's the best way to get to me on social media. More coming up here on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thundering Herd off this week, back in action on September 19th. So we are just sort of in that holding pattern. It's going to be really the standard for the next few weeks. We'll have the game against Appalachian State, then potentially a couple of weeks off, and then it will be pretty much straight football for several weeks until we get towards the end of the season. Two games in September, potentially five or four, depending on how it goes, in October, and then at least minimum two games in November. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I kind of like the the gaps a little bit to a degree. I, I do like that. But again, we're used to 12 games a season, so it's going to be unique in the sense that there's really not a set number of games here. And it's sort of the same thing with basketball. And if you haven't seen the latest, the ACC is pushing this. All the coaches there are pushing an expanded 2021 NCAA tournament that would include every Division I team. Every single one. Now, on paper, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. Everybody gets to go to the NCAA tournament. That's fantastic. But at the same time, does everybody need to go to the NCAA tournament? They voted Wednesday. The coaches proposed the expanded 2021 NCAA tournament. They are looking to, in their words, this is Coach K, Duke head coach, Mr. Basketball himself just about when it comes to coaching. He said there's no better way to celebrate the game than involving every team in the most prestigious basketball tournament on the planet. How are you going to bubble all these people? I mean, that's the thing. That's the challenge. The NCAA is going to have to figure out how to have the NCAA tournament 
how to have the NCAA tournament and do it safely, do it, I think, in a way that is not going to shortchange the tournament itself, but at the same time, you got 64 teams. Pretty much you're going to have 64 teams. They want to have a 68-team NCAA tournament. They think, the NCAA thinks that maybe you could do this a bubble tournament with fewer than 68 teams, and it could happen. So maybe you have 64. Do you have 64? Do you go 32? You use 16? Oh, you, yeah, at that point, you know, do we even want it? 16-team tournament? No, I don't think we want it. I think we want 64. And how are the seasons going to go? Because, again, we don't know what basketball is going to look like here in the next few weeks. We might have a better idea, but we don't know. But here it is, the NCAA tournament. It's proposed to invite everyone, every single team. I mean, it would be crazy for sure how long that thing would be. It would drag out, wouldn't it? I mean, that's the great thing about the tournament. It's 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 almost lightning quick. You got 68, and then you get to 64 real quick. And then you get down to 32. Then you go down to 16, 8, 4, done. It's lightning fast, just about. You'd have to bubble it. You would have to. How do you do this? I mean, do you keep everyone in the same you have host cities? I mean, do you do it like the NCAA? I'm sorry, the, the NHL did. You had two sites, and then you brought everyone over from Toronto to Edmonton. Edmonton is the final site here. Edmonton was a site for the Western Conference teams, and you had Toronto as your host site for the Eastern Conference teams, and then when it came down to just two teams left in the Eastern Conference and two teams left in the Western Conference who moved everything over to Edmonton and brought everyone into a centralized location. Do you have maybe hub cities to play the the, the first, second, third rounds, fourth? How do you do this? So, okay, we're going to have four locations. We're going to have eight locations. And how do you bring everyone together? quarantine, keep them in a, yeah, do you travel? I mean, is it going to be a hybrid sort of like what we're doing right now with Major League Baseball? Because baseball, they're going from city to city, but they're staying within regions to limit their exposure or the potential, and you don't want to have these cross-country treks. And we don't even know if the NFL can pull it off. I'm sure they can because they're going to have to keep their players relatively I mean, and again, these are grown men. For the most part, these are grown men who understand the gravity of the situation. No play, no pay. Completely different in college. College, uh, you're playing for your scholarship. You're playing for the love of the game. You're playing for you know, various different reasons here. Unfortunately, money is not one of them, at least for the players. And so... The argument here is, of course, the football players are going to be a lot safer with the coaches and with the athletic department than they would be on their own. And to a degree, that's correct because they're getting monitored, they're getting tested, they're 
if they're following the procedures, they're following the guidelines, they're doing the right things, and you know we might not have any problem here. And again, you know, the other schools are going to have to agree to this as well. Appalachian State is going to have to follow the Marshall Protocol. Then you get into the conference sequence, and of course, the protocol is the protocol for all the schools. Same guidance, so everyone, you don't, you don't, you hope you don't have to worry about when you go to. Western Kentucky, okay, have they done what they needed to do? Or when Rice, if Rice comes in or if FAU comes in, what they've gone through, you don't have to worry about that as well. And so will the NCAA basketball model, will it be sort of a hybrid here? I mean, we, we really don't know. We're not there yet. We're just now starting with football here. We had one game in the books, one game with Marshall, and it seemed to have – Went without a hitch. I haven't heard of any problems. I haven't heard of anything from the football side of things that there were any problems. I haven't heard anything really that there were problems with the fans, the experience there. And of course, I'm sure there might have been some minor hiccups. I don't know. It must not have been major. I hadn't heard about it. But I'm interested to see how they pulled this off of basketball. And with that said, we're going to call it a night here here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. I do really appreciate it. Um, Back tomorrow, Thursday, uh, we're going to do it all over again, and we're going to do it even better. So stick around for Thursday's show. We'll see you in, oh, about 23 hours. Until then, good night, everyone. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.